Welcome to Lean Whiskies and Empire Building episode 10. I'm back with Marcus. And we are going to have a discussion today about side hustles. So we've recently done some PR work, a lot of work. It seems to be a pretty, pretty vogue topic at the moment, I think, especially yeah. since uh, lockdowns and, and everything else and impending economic doom. Uh, with the economy the way it is as well, I, I, it's, hard, it, it's easy to see why people are a little bit concerned about their finances right now, when you've got the heat or eat kind of pandemic coming up, um, in terms of not people worried about, I actually read this in the newspaper the other day, that they, they think some people have to make the sacrifice either between eating or heating their home. Um, yeah. well, I just say, well, maybe eat a bit more and build some fluff, but <laughs> you won't need to heat. Um, it gets some, gets some padding and insulation. In all seriousness though, Looking pretty, pretty uh, dire potentially over the next two to five years, maybe even mm -hmm. longer. Um, and because of that reason, I think more people are thinking about fortifying, stabilizing their income from a side hustle, uh, a, sec a second job, or well, let's say a second job, or a, uh, a, se a separate kind of business that they build on the side. And we've done a fair few, well, I've done a fair few kind of articles, interviews. Um, some coaching on how to do it and I think people think from the face value it's a lot harder than it actually is to set up a side hustle where I would argue the contrary it's actually easier to set up a side hustle it's harder to make a successful side hustle um, and I think there's a few pitfalls that people make and for the most part people can make a few hundred quid extra a month quite happily if that's something they want to do quite easily with a few extra hours a week but the question is, how do we get there and how do we do it? How do we sustain it alongside of our main jobs, if you've got a main job? And, you know, all those kind of questions in between. How do you pick what you do? How do you scale it? How do you handle your taxes? All those kind of things. So, so what, do you, what do you think the main reason is then that people are kind of moving towards side hustles? I think, I think there's a couple of reasons, actually. But I think the main one is I think actually entrepreneurialism at the moment is actually very popular. I've seen a massive shift online with his popular guys like Gary V. There's a few other ones like Ed Milet, there's Grant Cardone, there's a few big names online that Alex Ormosi now, possibly, who have actually made it quite fashionable. So I think entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurialism and kind of being your own boss, there's a few, there's a few, I can't think of any names at the moment, there's a, I've seen a few females on TikTok as well, specifically, that push really hard on. You know, having your own business, this, that, and the other, and the, and the empowerment of that. So I think one main reason has been a huge shift towards that. And secondly, I think people think about side hustles because I think barriers to entry of setting up your own business are now much lower. You've got the ability to set up an online store, a sale online service, a course, this, that, and the other, effectively in a day. Yeah. So I think the fact that it's become more popular and I think the fact that it's more accessible has made it made an increasing demand for side hustles. Yeah, what do you think is driving that? Do you think it's, do you think it's kind of aspirations, like almost like a resurgence of the American dream kind yes. of thing, or do you think it's more driven out of fear? Social media massively, up until recently. Mm -hmm. um, that's why I think, I think social media up until recently has been the main driver in that glass window effect. Right, you go online, everyone's got Lamborghinis, everyone's got massive homes, everyone's got the, the nicest Cartier bracelets and bags and mm. shoes and whatever else. Yeah. And everyone's like, how do I get that? And then there's a load of people punting courses and, and the American... 
social media has been the biggest extension and, and kind of push on the American dream ever, right? I think because you're seeing so many people with so much, or apparently so much. I don't think there is any more wealth necessarily. I think there's a lot more showing off and potentially fake wealth in order to sell this American dream. But has that always been the case? Probably. Um, there's only very few people actually. I think, yes, potentially wealth has shifted to a, to a different type of or, or demographic of people that are making use of 21st century money-making wealth techniques. But I also think that it's more of a facade. And I think that in itself has driven a lot of people to want to do it. But recently, and we're talking very recently, impending doom has hit again. We've look, it looks like we're on the brink of, or, or not necessarily in a very big recession. Interest rates are flying up. The, the pound has been crashing. There's fears of job losses. We're probably, we're seeing inflation, especially at our age, for, uh, at a high that we've not seen in our lifetimes before. We're at a generational high. And it's scaring the, the living hell out of a lot of people where, I think if let's say the average person, let's just say for, for argument's sake, I know it's probably less than this, but let's say the average person saves a few hundred quid a month off their bills, this, that and the other. With the, the just the utility and energy bills going up alone and food prices from Brexit and obviously all the, the, the Russian war, all those, the, the, everything that's kind of combined is now causing inflation to be, I don't know, they, they're quoting what, seven, 8%, we're probably more like 15 plus in reality. And that is now people looking at their bills going, well, we're actually borrowing at the moment. I heard a, I heard a stat recently, I'm not sure how true it is. I think like an average household earns about 50K with a, a standard like a standard house, mortgages, that and the other, would actually still ju just start going to borrowing to, to stay afloat. So that in mind, it's like, well, shit, we need to potentially do something. What can we do? Side hustle could be the way out because if your job's capped, you can't earn any, any more hours, potential job losses. Mm -hmm. Work isn't, you know, most jobs aren't handing out more hours at the moment because they're, they're worried as well. Businesses are worried. So I think that's fueled it. Yeah. Um, so I suppose the next question is like, you and I talk about this a lot, is like, okay, how do I find a product or service to, to dive into? Yeah. I think a big thing at the moment is attention, isn't it? Like we're the sort of the social media age and generation is a, it's an attention economy and like attention is now the scarce resource, isn't it? It's like there's a reason that things with scarcity are so valuable, gold, oil, etc. Like historically, like all those things have just been like, we're digging it out of the ground. There's only so much of it. That's why this thing's worth so much. And now it's attention. It's like everyone's online. Everyone's vying for like the same eyes at the same time. I think that's why you see kind of most side hustles are kind of revolving around the digital side of things. It's very, very few people kind of going like, oh, I don't know what, I'll start making cabinets in my kitchen or something <laughs> to, to start selling. There's not many people doing that as a side. There are a few people doing it and there are a few people doing well, but the people that are doing well off the back of that are because they're actually you know, utilizing digital marketing skills, which is kind of where I think we're going to see things go. And there, and there is a need for it. There's actually a, a skill shortage in that particular area, I mm -hmm. think, anyway. And we know that from trying to employ people in that field. Yeah. So I think when you're picking a side hustle to go down, I mean, unless you have a particular propensity to 
build something like you said, um, or you have a particular product in mind that you can maybe get at a, a price or margin that is better than the current market rate, or there's a product out there that you feel that you can make better. Um, so this is the thing, what I would always recommend, number one, when starting up a side hustle, is pick something you probably know inside and out, typically. If you don't, even, even if you do, pick something that you already know has a demand. Right, and I get this question all the time, it sounds really hypocritical. Why would you go into a saturated market? It makes no sense, Elliot. Well, I'm like, well, unless you have the prerequisite skills that like you just said of being a fantastic marketer and advertiser and great at sales, which, let's be honest, most people aren't. They've been working in a job, this is a side hustle. Marketing isn't, hasn't been their forte, they haven't built their own business yeah. yet. So when you don't have a fantastic knowledge base of marketing, this, that, and the other, it's always best to start, in my opinion, with a product or service that you know already has demand. Because it already has demand. You don't have to create demand. Creating demand is very difficult, very expensive. Because yeah. you have to educate people on the product or service that's new, and then try and convince them to part with their money when you know there's probably already alternatives out there, this, that, and the other. So very expensive, very difficult. And then from there, you would typically, in my opinion, try and add some form of value to that existing product or service. So you can just reiterate and, and sell the same stuff, but if you can find, let's say for example, it might be that you have been you know, shop in the market for, I don't know, some form of online service. It might be a course for something that you, you know inside that gardening, or I don't know why I was talking about gardening, right? Um, but you felt that there was something missing within that that you didn't quite get from it or a product that you had that, you know, a water bottle that maybe you thought may, didn't have something on it or, or an app that it might have needed or this, that and the other that you thought you could improve. But you know it has a great demand, but you can add some value. Then that might be worth looking into. Um, that's, that's something I would always advise people. And the reason I say go into something already has demand because there is execution risk and there is uh, demand risk. So, when you go into a market, and this is the kind of psychology that I have, when you are trying to set up your own product or service, if you know the market is already has a demand for this product or service, hypothetically speaking, we've picked, we've picked something we know it's got demand. If you don't sell it, that is entirely on you yeah. and your execution of that thing. And you can always learn those skills to become better at it. So that I can only be held accountable for that. If I go into something where I've created a new app or something that's never been done before, a product that's never gone out before, if the demand isn't there, regardless, right, that's not necessarily my fault. That's the market wasn't, didn't actually exist no matter how hard I tried to push it, which is a demand risk, which is way scarier. And should be something that, you, a demand risk should be something that you adopt way further into your entrepreneurial career, in my yeah. opinion. I think that's one of the things that Alex always he talks about quite a lot, isn't it? So I find a starving market. There's a lot of um, marketed advertisers that use that same sort of analogy, yeah. but yeah. it's that thing. So I think if you're looking for a number one, looking for a product or service, pick something that's already in demand, something you can add value to, something that's easy to quick to set up as well in terms of cost. So you know, just have a Shopify store or you know a WordPress website mm -hmm. that you can learn quite quickly, something that you can get off the ground. If you're, if you're talking about massive logistics and importing stuff from abroad, this, that, and the other, <laughs> you're talking about storage, like yeah. understanding like international transfers and dealing with different people in different languages and all the, the good fun that, that comes with the risk of then importing something from another country and not being correct yeah. when it arrives. Really big headache. 
Do you think that's probably why services tend to be more popular than product-based side hustles? Always, 100%, because your startup costs are so much lower. It's more of a knowledge base mm -hmm. cost than a, an actual logistical cost. Yeah. So <laughs> I would argue as well that actually, this is my ad advice for anyone trying to set up a side hustle. I would always err towards the side of an actual service base because the, the actual logistics for one are really difficult with a product and service. The actual costs are way higher and you still need to be just as knowledgeable to sell the bloody thing once you've got it. So you've, you're adding an extra like two steps onto a, a, a side hustle that you could potentially get going yeah. from a service. So should we talk about maybe a few ideas of services that people could kind of go into? Because I know that's a big question, it's like what should I do? Yeah. It's, it's very difficult to say, isn't it? It's like, it's like you say, like if you're trying to sell a service, realistically, you need to be selling a skill. And if you're doing a, a practical skill as your day-to-day -day job, it's very difficult to then take elements of that and break it away in a, in a sort of mm -hmm. marketable service that you can then sell. So I will just say this, and I hope people don't take too much offence. People shouldn't have the arrogance to think they can set up a business without any skills or knowledge whatsoever. Yeah. Okay? That's like pretending you can go and get a job with no CV. Mm -hmm. It's arrogant to, and uh, frankly narcissistic to be able to think that you could just do it. So the prerequisite to you being able to set up something like this is that you'd have some form of knowledge or experience in something. Or at the very least, you found an opening in a market that you think you can capitalize on an arbitrage, mm -hmm. where you think, you, okay, I bumped into a service or a product that I can add a tremendous amount of value to. In which case, I would then probably advise hiring someone like a mentor to help you bring that to market if you yeah. have no clue what to do. And if you don't, you think, right, okay, I need to do a service, and you've got no skill set, not even a hobby, this, that, or the other, that you feel that you could actually charge someone for it as well. By the way, people set up these, these services and you're almost a crook if you're trying to sell something that you're not particularly a fan, right? Mm -hmm. You might be a fantastic marketer, in which case sell marketing skills. Whatever you are good at, the prerequisite here is you need to be good at something really. Yeah. So don't be arrogant enough to think, mm -hmm. okay, let's hypothetically say someone's got the, the skill set then or, or they're good at something and they feel that they actually monetize on it mm. what's the next steps what in terms of practical steps practical steps to get that thing to market so we've identified okay we've got a skill set we're good at or a product potentially we can add value to next steps certainly have a company i suppose so yeah has to be yeah. first thing i would advise actually get an accountant they will advise whether or not you should be a sole trader or a limited company mm -hmm. it's always a always a must um, because they're going to look at your currently what you're paying in taxes, the best way to kind of, we'll talk about taxes in a little bit, but how to, how to draw down any profits as and when you get to that point, how to expense anything, you know, how to do things properly, because the last thing you'll be doing is, is start to sell things and, and then have a, a tax bill or a fine because you didn't do things correctly. Yeah. And then also setting up a limited company. By the way, guys, I think I looked at the other day the, on the gov.gov .gov website, you can set up a limited company on your own for about 12 quid. And you can have that done pretty much the same day. You just need to have a, a bank account attached to it, which actually takes a lot longer than setting up a company now. Um, so you can literally have, within a couple of days, a, a limited company set up, a business bank account set up, an accountant, and you're ready to sell. Yeah, it is simple. Really simple. And from there, the, the, next, the, next, the kind of next thing to do really is just Sell. So I think Alex or Moses says this all the time. He's like, 
learn how to, at the very least, just get a single transaction to happen. So <laughs> people try and run before they can walk. And what you need to try and do is with this product or service, you've got at least convince one person to do a trade with you where you sell that thing for money and just get it done. Even if you don't make a tremendous amount of money from it, it's psychologically gearing yourself up to, to step into the shoes of a, a business person. Yeah, to be fair as well, you can probably do that before you even set up a limited company. You can. It's just you can. like your research stage in terms of finding out whether the market is actually there for your product or service. Yeah, I would say for the most part, probably do it beforehand, but if you are fully committed to doing it, it's something you really wanna do, it's so cheap to kind of get those things going mm. anyway, you may as well do it. But I think more than anything, it's having the, the psychological effect of actually making that first transaction. And I, I still remember mine when I found my first sale on my, um, <laughs> on my, I had a lighting company and I read how to for dummies on Google AdWords and set this, I spent like a year setting this website up. I put magazines worth, it was so much work went into this website. And uh, I ran the website and I got my first sale after about two weeks of the website being launched. And I was elated, I was over the moon. Mm. Um, but it was the catalyst for me to be like, I can do it. Yeah. And that was that mental thing of like, no, I can do it. So mm -hmm. before you get too far down the line with trying to set everything up, just make that first transaction and, yeah. and, and solidify that you know this can be done mentally. You then have got that fortitude to be able to go forward and the confidence to be able to go forward and say, no, I can do this. Mm -hmm. I've made a sale, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Um, so we've got business set up, we've got product or service that we know we're running. You know, I suppose the next thing is kind of, how do we scale this out? So a lot of people talk about maybe getting mentors and things like that. Do mm -hmm. you, okay, I'm a bit biased in this because <laughs> I, I, I do mentor people in this space, but from your point of view, would you, would you advise getting a mentor or, or how would you go about setting this up? I think yeah, I'm now, it out. now reasonably biased in this field as well. I mean, I've, but I've seen, I've seen how effective they can be. Um, I, think, I think it largely depends on what you, what you want from a side hustle. I think it's mm -hmm. whether, whether you just want like a bit of pocket money and just to monetize something that you have a passion for, but you don't want it to become a job. You just want to, you know you're good at something. You know it's a, a marketable service that you could make money from, but you don't want it to become a job. I think less appropriate probably in that instance. Um, I mean, you, you still would get benefits from it. There's mm -hmm. probably be ways of like streamlining it and like someone advising you on how to not allow it to become a, a full-time thing um, and keep that passion there for it. But then, yeah, if you were looking to actually scale your income off the back of it, then you know, I think mentoring is probably the way to go. And not just any mentor as well. Like this is kind of a whole other <laughs> topic of conversation in terms of finding a good mentor. Yeah, so it needs to be someone that is appropriate for what your goals are, really. Yeah, so I, I would agree that the kind of more advanced you are, the more even more appropriate it would be to have a mentor. I do think mentors are extremely important, even if you're doing it as a, as a small side hustle mm -hmm. to make sure that you get the cheat codes and the hacks to, to get things moving as fast as humanly possible. And the good thing about mentors is, is there's a lot out there for different levels. And like you just alluded to there, that I think that I would advise anyone to find, even if it's not a paid for mentor, mm -hmm. at the very least find someone else that you know or ask around for anyone else that you know has done something mm -hmm. similar to you or if not the same, yeah. that can give you some guidance and advice because it really will take a lot of that 
anxiety and stress away and, and a lot of the, the, the major things that you could have really do with avoiding, which... Yeah, I think it's one of those things as well. I think a, a lot of people are actually afraid to ask questions or ask for help, but you'd be amazed at like how many times you can just have a conversation with someone asking a few questions and people would just flood you with information. I think for the most part, people, people inherently are, are kind of like, a, they have an ego. And it's <laughs> yeah. always, people always like to show you what they know. Mm -hmm. And I've always leveraged that. To, I say always, I had, a, I, had a big, I had a bigger competitive ego when I was younger and so wouldn't ask for help. But as of late, I like to leverage people's desire to tell me how good they are about something. And I will sit there and lap it all up mm -hmm. because you know, if I can get free advice or even paid yeah. advice, I'm happy for it. But I think definitely advice, my definite advice here would be to find someone that can really give you some basic guidance at the very least to get mm -hmm. things moving. Even if there is something that is only gonna be for a few hundred quid a month, extra yeah. pocket money, or to help you with your support. And like you said, as and when you wanna potentially take things up a big level, that's when you probably need to find more specific and advanced mentoring and would highly recommend that. Plus it's a business expense as well. So, you know, mm -hmm. it comes out of the company, which is yeah. talking of which, um, I've got to ask whether or not there's tax benefits to side hustles. And there is and there isn't. Like you're not gonna have a major tax kind of advantage from starting your side hustle. So let's, let's say that in this scenario that you've got a nine to five, and you set something up on the side. You would speak to your accountant, by the way, I can't give financial advice. So from my experience, what you would do is probably pay yourself in dividends if you have a limited company set up, which means that dividends are taxed differently to PAYE or even your self-assessment. Mm -hmm. And they are a lower rate. So you can get a pound, an extra pound earned at work versus an extra pound earned in your side hustle would actually be less taxed as a dividend payout than it would be for another pound at work. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm generalizing here because it all depends on the numbers. You've then also got the ability to expense. So if you work from home or have a home working office, you'd have to chat your accountant again. But in my scenario, because I do a lot of work from home, as a percentage of the household utilities, I can expense some things through. So maybe it might be that I claim 20% of my broadband or my heating bills because I'm working from home for a certain period of time. Side hustle dependent, how many hours you work would all change these figures. So you have to speak to your accountant, but there is benefits there. Yeah. Um, and you can buy certain things through the company, like laptops and phones and all these kind of things, which you couldn't do if you just at work. Yeah. So that's a great thing. So another, moving on, we've got everything set. We're moving, we're, we're, we're kind of like, we're, we're on the roll now. We're, we're making a few sales here and there. When would be a good point, do you think, and I know this is person dependent, to leave your full-time job for a side hustle? <laughs> it depends how unhappy you are in your job, really, doesn't it? Yeah, like I say, it's, I think it's very personal dependent, but um, you kind of need to look at, like, well, finances. It, it, the reason I think most people are starting a side hustle is financial, isn't it? It's like, you're not, you're not earning enough money. So it's weighing up the pros and cons as to whether or not you can afford to take that leap because you're probably going to take a bit of a hit. Mm -hmm. I'd also say for me, it's like kind of risk profiles. Mm -hmm. So, and you know, your ethical side of this, uh, so not ethical, your kind of moral side of this. So for example, if you are a single woman who's 22 living at home with their parents, mm. maybe paying a little bit of rent, yeah. your risk of going bust has far less consequences attached to it, potentially, than a single mum 
with two dependent children yeah. and you know she's renting mm-hmm. and her going out and leaving her full-time job in pursuit of a side hustle could be far riskier yeah. could by the way and i've helped mentor a lot of people in that same position that have done that in a really responsible way so with that in mind my kind of and this is because it's person dependent my kind of little risk profile i would weigh up is okay how much would i need to be earning to replace my full-time income mm-hmm. with the responsibilities I have financially yeah. at this moment in time. Then I would also look at what are worst case scenarios as well in, in, in a particular instance. So if this was all to go wrong, would I have that job to step back into? Do I have any savings? You know, all these things would be, need to be taken responsibly as an adult potentially like into this equation. Some people might want to have also, and I would always advise this, if you have the ability to set up a relatively successful side hustle in alongside in conjunction with your nine to five, I would advise running that side hustle longer than is necessarily desirable in conjunction with your nine to five to make sure you have track record. Because it's all well and good having a month's worth of like successful period. But as I know, as an entrepreneur who's run my own businesses since day, day dot, that there's ups and downs with this and financial vol- volatility. Yeah, I think that's one of the main benefits <laughs> that a mentor can bring to the table. If you're, if you're looking, I think, to transition from side hustle into full-time self-employed working yourself, this is your business and your life now. Having someone that's been where you are, taken mm-hmm. that leap, has probably mentored other people to do the same. Like, they're gonna be able to help you through and tell you when is probably the right time or goals to hit before you consider doing it. So as, as, as someone being relatively responsible, what I would always say is, is like, well, give yourself six months to a year in a profitable situation before you even consider losing that, leaving that job. Because what happens is you might run one or two months and you, you're killing it. And you think, right, I'm actually financially able to leave my main job now. Yeah. But as I said, from a track record perspective, I would always advise maybe seeing it out for six months or 12 months, mm-hmm. even though it's horrible and you don't want to be doing it. Yeah. Because you're like, I don't want to be doing my nine to five anymore because this is now what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But from a safety and risk perspective, and I'm, I'm actually not particularly risk averse, I'm happy to take risk, but mm-hmm. I would still advise people to <laughs> go through a bit of volatility and make sure that you can handle stress. When I say stress, I mean financial stress and business stress. You need to stress test stress, stress the business. Yeah. And to do that, you need time. Mm-hmm. You can't have a pattern or a track record over one or two months. It just simply yeah. isn't enough to basically bet the... But that being said, if you are a low-risk person, i.e. there's not... there's not, And this is, this is personal dependence. This, this is, take this as you want. If you are someone that doesn't necessarily have a massive fallout, should everything not work out, and you're still at your mum's house, you know, you, you've still got a roof over your head and there's no dependence, and you really hate the job, sod it, go for it. Like, why not? Yeah. But <laughs> I think some people, I think, respond like really well with that like burning, like fire pressure underneath. Yeah. It's like, you have to do it, otherwise you're screwed. Some people deal really well with that, other people just fall to bits. <laughs> so, yeah, I think you do really need to, like you say, have that testing phase and be able to understand how you respond to pressure. Absolutely, and like I said, this is completely person dependent. So hopefully, this gives you a bit of a framework to, to figure out your own mm. kind of solution or, or, or game plan. Another question I've got was: Do you need to tell work about your side hustle? And I would also add to that: 
is it morally okay to have a side hustle alongside work? Yeah, that's quite an interesting question, really, because if there's an obvious conflict of interests, mm -hmm. but you're going ahead with it anyway, that's where the sort of morality behind it gets a bit skewed. It's because, I mean, let's be fair, you're not going to tell your employer if you're doing something <laughs> that you know is conflicting with their interests, don't tell them. If you, if you want it to remain a side hustle and not a very quick full-time job, don't tell them. But then I think it goes back to what we were saying earlier. I think if, you're, if you have a bit of a passion project on the side, it's not conflicting with your, your full-time interests. And there's, there's no reason why you shouldn't tell your boss and speak to them and probably even get like a bit of help and advice from them. Mm -hmm. um, they, like, from, from an employer's standpoint as well, it might just be that they're like, oh, bloody hell, I didn't realise that you were like this focused and this ambitious and like willing to push and drive yourself. And it might be that then actually career opportunities can open off, off, off the back of it. What do you think? I absolutely agree. And I think the skill sets that you actually learn setting up your own business can actually bring about tremendous, of, tre tremendous opportunities in terms of promotion within your workplace. Mm -hmm. Especially if you move into the marketing side and you understand how consumption works. Um, there's a tremendous, a tremendous amount of upside there. And the only time I would say that there's like a real issue is like one, if you're directly trying to poach potential market share from the company you're working with, or incidentally, it hinders your ability to work because you're absolutely smashing yourself and you're doing stuff yeah. in and around working hours. Mm -hmm. And I say this from a place of being someone that employs people. So as I, I'm looking at this from the other foot as well. Yeah. So I've done both. Like I've not actually worked for someone else, but I've, I've kind of set up my own side hustles and you know, turned them into my own businesses and now employ a lot of people. How would I feel about my employees doing work outside of the job that I have them associated? And I've always, because I am this way inclined and I am someone that completely empathizes with people that want to go and do that, as, I, as, a, as an employer, as a boss, I want to have my staff as fulfilled as possible. So actually, I'm very supportive of the fact that they want to do it, and I'd really rather they told me about it so I can help them do it in a responsible manner yeah. and also help them with it, like as you said. And I think it's super important that you do actually have this conversation with your boss because there's nothing worse than it looking like you've done it behind their back. There's nothing illegal about you doing this, by the way, unless you've signed a contract to say otherwise. Um, but providing it's not, it's no different to a hobby. So they don't say you can't go and play football at the weekend, do they? Yeah. It's only if it was to interact with your ability to perform at your best. And in my opinion, if someone's happier, more fulfilled, more upskilled, they're going to be a better employee anyway. Mm -hmm. So I actually think it's actually a bonus if done in the right way. Yeah. Completely. Um, I suppose the last thing then is like scaling, scaling these side hustles and, and really like taking them to the next level. How do you, when does a side hustle become like the thing like is this when do you decide that it's going to be the thing for you is there a tipping point that this is going to be a full-on business or does it stay a side hustle it's a very difficult one to answer isn't mm. it i think it, i think it depends on it's like all these things and it's such a cop-out answer but it always <laughs> depends on the person depends on their goals depends on their current situation because it's like you say like if if you're like a an 18 19 20 year old that is I don't know, let's just say, let's be very stereotypical. So you're working in McDonald's, like you got a bit of money coming in and you're just setting up your own little business on the side. Like mm -hmm. that can become your full-time thing very quickly. Yep. But 
let's say you're earning 100 grand a year, you're in a job that you absolutely hate, you're just it's killing your soul, but you want to go and become a landscape gardener. Like, you could start doing, let's say, like very extremes here, but you could start gardening for people on the side, start building that. It depends on, you're probably never going to be able to turn that side hustle into a full-time business if your goal is to increase your financial viability. Mm -hmm. If you're looking to, to, let's say, regain work-life balance, you kind of have to weigh up the pros and cons of each. Absolutely. And it's hard. <laughs> do you think side hustles are going to continue to, to grow in popularity or do you think they're going to shrink? I can see it being a bit of a bubble, personally. Um, I think, that, as you were saying earlier, kind of the entrepreneurial world and the whole kind of like hustle mentality, I think is, is a trend that I don't think is going to last very long. I think with how turbulent the sort of financial world is mm. at the moment, I think people want stability. And I think that's... It's much scarier to be responsible for your own finances and your own future and your own security than it is to rely on someone else for that. And I also think as well, people people are very reluctant to take responsibility for their own lives as well. Okay, but keep it in the remit of side hustle where you've still got your main income. Even even with that, I think, think I think it, that? I think it will die out. Yeah, I think. I think, and, and just to be totally honest with everyone watching this, um, running a side hustle is always going to be harder than you think it is. Mm -hmm. And I think because it is, in, it is vogue at the moment, it is fashionable, I think there's a lot of people attempting it. It's harder than, it's simple to set up and it's simple to run. To do extremely well out of it, it's hard. As with anything that's worth having in life, it's difficult, otherwise everyone will be doing it and be yeah. very successful at it. So. This is why I also think it's important that you talked about the word passion project as well. Um, would really be good to, to pull something, especially if it's gonna be a side hustle, you may as well enjoy doing it. Um, yeah, and I think side hustles as a whole are never gonna die out, but I do definitely think that they're gonna fall in popularity because I think as more people try it and fail, or potentially try it and it not be what they thought it was. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of work that goes into it because you've got to run social media accounts, marketing, yeah. product logistics, taxes, mm -hmm. company accounts, potentially hiring, yeah. outsourcing, all these kind of things that come into play alongside you doing another job, your full-time job. Yeah. Um, unless you really enjoy it, which I do. And a lot of people that I work with absolutely love running their side hustle. And I would advocate anyone that's even thinking about trying it to at least give it a go because there is a way of doing it with low risk. The whole point of a side hustle is on the side and treat it more like a hobby to begin with. I think this is a really good idea is that not to go in to start with, unless you really want to turn this thing into a full business and, and, and kind of that become the thing. Yeah. Start off with it as a hobby, do it out of the enjoyment of doing it and see if you actually enjoy it enough to then pursue it to that mm -hmm. next level. And I think that in itself will really give you an indicator of whether or not it's right for you because it isn't right for everyone. There is a volatility to it. There is sometimes risks associated with it. Sometimes you do have to borrow money depending on which route you go down. And it could also take away time that you have allocated to your other business. Hopefully it doesn't, but you know, it's gonna be taking up your free time. So I am an advocate of it. I, I'm an entrepreneur. I love people that want to do it and would really 
kind of hope everyone goes down that route, but I do also need to be a realist and know that you know it's not right for everyone and a lot of people just like stability, especially in the, the, the turbulent economic times we have currently and will continue to unfold over the next however many years. But I think it can be used extremely well as an ar- in, your, in your arsenal of tools to be able to fortify you against this period and also give you the confidence, should you be successful in your endeavor in becoming a solopreneur or a side hustler, that you then have the ability to create your own income should you lose your current Mm -hmm. job as well. Because there's also a diversification there too, where if you have got a bit of money on the side and you do unfortunately run into the problem of your job no longer being available anymore due to contraction in that company or that market, you've then got that confidence that you can either create an income because you've done it before, you're doing it currently, and also that stability and support from the finances that that then gives you, which then can also give you a lot more mental you know, happiness and fulfillment in you know, knowing that maybe you are a little bit more stable yeah. um, because it is going to be a, a scary time for everyone. And I don't think this will ever stop having this cycle of, you know, people, once a recession goes, it, there will be another one. So it's, it's kind of like, okay, well, we need something forever and this is something that could be forever and could also assist you as we've said above in your current job role yeah um so very admirable for people that do want to do it i think it shouldn't be taken too lightheartedly but do start it as a hobby there's tons of benefits and you know is there anything else you think you need added to that <laughs> no, it's been pretty I thorough it's been pretty thorough any questions outside of this or anything that you've kind of you've got with your side hustle you've got or thinking about starting then I'm always available please leave a comment below um, whatever platform you're listening on you can also find me on my social medias and drop me a DM I'm always available until next time peace Thanks.